Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm Reb. And he's BJ with a decent rap impression. Not not the worst thing I've ever done, but certainly not good. Yeah, not the worst thing. Silvando was the worst thing. It was that the was worst really impression. bad. Yeah. It was real bad. So today's episode, we are talking all about Rab. In terms of the like classic vocations, uh, like we always like to mention in these episodes, he's pretty much a sage, like straight from the get-go. Yeah, like he does it like immediately. He has uh, Zam and Re- does he have Zing immediately? Because I know he's got heels. I can't remember if he has Zing immediately, but you get it pretty fast with him. I you think. get it fast. Like I was, I was using him to res very, very quickly. Yeah, which is it's kind of weird because in Dragon Quest games, usually Sage is something you have to work for. <laughs> Yeah, and he's just very early in the game, and uh, he's very powerful right out of the gate. Yeah, and by very early, we mean like 20 hours? <laughs> Maybe 15, yeah, I was thinking, because you get into uh, uh, the fight at what's-its-place. Um, Octagonia. O- Octagonia, yeah, and uh, you do MMA fighting, and then you got get him, and it's like, wow, this was maybe 15 hours in instead of like the, what, uh, 60 in Dragon Quest Nine. Yeah, right around in there. I think I think for me, I think for me it was like 40, 45 by the time I got was to Sage. Yeah, but but yeah, I get what I get where you're coming from. <laughs> so Rab is voiced by I looked this guy up right before we started recording. Is voiced by Alex Norton, who looked super familiar to me. I saw his photo and he looked really familiar. It says he played in the Count of Monte Cristo, the like Jim Caviezel one. Do you remember that movie from like the early two thousands? I loved that movie. Okay, well he's I, he's Napoleon in that movie, and I don't recall. Okay, I don't recall that movie well enough to really know him from that. I don't remember much about it. I just know that uh, I watched it multiple times when it was brand new. That I really loved it, but I also really love Count of Monte Cristo, though. That like in high school, it was one of the few books I read because it is legitimately good. Yeah, like, I really really enjoy it. Yeah. So he also was in Pirates of the Caribbean, the second one. Right. Uh, as like a small as... role. And then he was in Braveheart in a small role. Uh, okay. Makes sense given the accent on that one. Yeah. So I'm not sure where I know him from because the bi- the biggest roles that he's had there are uh, are not things that I think I would have recognized him from. I-, I checked the Pirates of the Caribbean one out and he's like one of the officers it looks like. The British officers on one of the okay. ships. And I don't remember him from that. Um, he's also... He also starred in a couple of like Harrison Ford action movies in the 90s. Okay. Um, but then again, who didn't? <laughs> That's true. I mean, those were uh, those are the good old days of movies to me, like where you have a Harrison Ford action movie. It didn't matter what was going on. You went to see it because of Harrison Ford. And that doesn't happen very often anymore. Yeah. 
yeah, I definitely did not go to movies just for Harrison Ford anymore. No, I used to. Like, I would go see Air Force One. Like, I still like that. And it's not because it's a good movie. It's because Harrison Ford is good in it. Yeah. It's like, remember Face Off? It's because John Travolta and Nick Cage are in it. It's not because it's a great cinema, cinema like, masterpiece. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I remember watching all these 90s action movies. Um, like the Nick Cage had several. There was The Rock. Remember that one? Yep. Sean Connery. You see it because of Nick Cage and Sean Connery. Yeah. John Travolta had one with um, was it Christian Slater called Black Arrow? Do you remember that one? Ooh, I don't remember Black Arrow. No. Yeah, I think it was John Travolta and Christian Slater. But Rab was probably in it too, given the <laughs> way his IMDb is working. Yeah. Um, it looks like his longest running thing was he is on a TV series. Uh, it looks like a British TV series called Taggart. That ran mm, from 1986 to 2010. Wow. And it looks like he was in something like 60 episodes and it's British TV. So I can only assume that that is all, if not most of them. Like 40 seasons of it, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I assume that's a good chunk. That means he's in pretty much every episode of that. Right. Show. Uh, either way, Alex Norton. I thought he had a recognizable face, but apparently he just has one of those faces because I haven't seen him in anything. I have heard his voice acting in another in another game, though. Um, I found out that he voiced uh, Gontaro Dim in The Witcher 3. Do you remember Gontaro Dim? Did you play The Witcher I haven't 3? gotten far enough in it. I don't think I've gotten far enough in the game to uh, to recognize it. It's the very first town. Did you get to the very first town? Yeah, I don't know the character it's, then it's when you're looking for whatever her name is your lover and you're asking about jennifer li- yeah lilacs and gooseberries oh my god yeah yeah so annoying but anyway you're just asking about that a whole bunch and he's like this guy he stood out to me because he's very mysterious and he's like i'll see you around and he has that accent but um I, it made me think of walter odim from the dark tower series Huh. I will. I've got it installed on my Switch right now, and I'm actually in the first town. I'm going to go find Gontaro Dim after we're finished with this and uh, see <laughs> and listen to him. He gives off a Walter Dim vibe. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that that's kind of where they got the inspiration yeah. for his name. Um, I didn't make it past the first town either. I, I bought the game and heard great things about The Witcher 3, and it just kind of confirmed what I've kind of been thinking all along is that. Like, American RPGs just don't really cut it for me these days. Like, it's not a bad game. It's just not what I want to play. <laughs> I agree. Like, that's actually what happened to me because I love, I adore the the TV show. Like, I really fell in love with that one. And when I started playing the game based on uh, the, the way I felt about it, I expected to love it. But it feels so much like Skyrim and Western RPGs aren't really my thing that I actually agree with Void from uh, geek to geek in that the game itself is really, really cool. I don't particularly like the combat. And with it being on Switch, I can't like use console commands to play, uh, play like in God mode and just kind of experience the story. So I kind of uh, sloughed off on it and just didn't... Uh, didn't like finish up and go through it nearly like I expected to because of that. Uh, if I could find a God mode sheet, I'd probably play it. The Switch version has an easy mode, though. You can just put it on easy. I've got it on. I may actually haven't put it on easy yet, but I'm going to when I go through it. If I haven't already, and I can't remember, it's just one of those things where it's like I still have to pay attention to it. It's just it's not my favorite kind of a combat and RPG like you. Yeah, yeah. Like Dragon Quest. Yeah, there you go. So Rabin Combat, that's another thing we usually talk about. Uh, in these episodes, I used him heavy ones 
all in both PS4 and Switch playthroughs. I used him mm-hmm. with Heavy Ones. I never even tried him with Claws. Right. Like a single time. Like I don't I can't remember if I did, but I don't think so. He's 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 shown using Claws in like the I think it's the opening movie. It shows him using Claws to fight. Yeah. I remember being on PS4 and being like, okay, cool, I'm going to use claws with this guy. But then once he's in your party and he's very obviously this sage, I yeah. was like, uh, I think I'm just going to like keep him with heavy ones. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as a as a caster, I'm always going to go for that. Like the the, I'm not going to be attacking with him. Same same here. I I set him to fight wisely, pretty much. And like right. we said in other episodes, the AI in this game is very good. So I just let him. He healed me when I needed healed. He attacked when he needed to attack kind of thing. Sometimes I had to change his settings because of MP stuff, but you know, right. outside of MP management, I, I, I having him set to fight wisely with heavy wines, I had like no trouble really. Yeah. I don't think I ever really had to do much on him because he even rezzed when I needed him to mm-hmm. like, it was just like, okay, somebody's dead. It immediately went to him to uh, resurrect Zing. Yeah. So before we get too far into today's episode, we also like to go on Twitter and ask people online what they love about rap. And so this week we did it once again. Um, we asked people what they loved about rap. And by a huge portion, pretty much everybody just loves that he's a dirty old man. <laughs> yeah, so many things on like his taste in magazines and uh, literature, stuff like that came through. And I agree. I always thought it was really funny about that. He reminds me of Master Roshi from Dragon Ball Z with just his uh, his naughty magazines. Yeah, so he's got the he's got like dirty magazines. He's got his Ogler's Digest, um, which is in like pristine condition. Mm-hmm. So like maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't look at it. Maybe he just keeps it around. He he it's his precious. Like he <laughs> is he very much adores his magazine, his Ogler's uh, digest. Yeah, I'm just as much as he adores it, you would think it would be in worse condition than it Way is. Way worse condition. <laughs> but it, it, for some reason he is able maybe by magic, he is able to keep it in pristine condition. Uh so I thought that was really funny that like just so many people mention magazines and that he's a pervert as like reasons why they love him like yep. i mean i mean those are like quotes from people <laughs> yep they are and uh so that was i thought that was really funny that so many people like way too many to just sit here and read today uh that was like the thing that they really uh loved about rap um a, a smaller portion of people but still a good amount also said uh that they liked uh him the grandfather dynamic that he has with mm-hmm. the luminary because he is the Luminary's grandfather. Uh, spoiler alert. Whoops, there I go yeah. again. I always give a spoiler before saying spoiler alert. That's true. <laughs> but spoiler that's, uh, alert. <laughs> that's just that's just part of your charm. <laughs> so he is uh, the Luminary's grandfather. And several people said uh, they liked uh, that, that kind of Luminary-grandfather relationship uh, that, that happens uh, throughout the story. And then um, like people like... I'll, uh, drop some names here. Dr. Mysterio and Leandro Joel Pered both said that they liked that dynamic. Not many people brought this up, uh, but Sack Chief brought up uh, his unconventional role as a king. He's, oh, really, yeah. he's really wise, but he also has a thirst for adventure, uh, which is why he's so like quick to retire and travel the world. Uh, and it's cool how much he knows about the world and how he was friends with people like Don Rodrigo. 
And so I think that's cool because he is a very unconventional king in that he he's goofy and he is this dirty old man. And a lot of times he's used as like comic relief because of his dirty old manness. But then you see him in flashbacks and other scenes where he's this very like regal, like just old man, you know? Yep. And I think that's wonderful because it shows that people are more than just the archetypes that they uh, they kind of seem like and that you can be goofy and uh, comic relief and still have, you know, a serious side. And uh, you're not always going to be someone not to be taken seriously. And I really like that Rab when it comes down to uh, when you get down to brass tacks that uh he's uh, <laughs> he, i'm sorry i made myself laugh oh i'm gonna giggle uh, that he's you know a real king that deserves that place disco d wayne i guess is how you say this person's name uh said that they really enjoyed uh the sequence where you get to relive his day as a king in the side yeah. story stuff honestly rab's uh side story was my least favorite of all of them because I thought that I thought it was interesting, but I wasn't and I'm I'm glad that they liked it, but I just I feel like it didn't it added less to the story uh than the other characters and it was kind of just running back and forth between different rooms and watching some cutscenes. See, and I thought that was way more interesting than Silvando's, say. Yeah, but we're all gonna riot against you. <laughs> I know <laughs> I know you are. But I really I really did like Rabs. I liked being able to see all of the castle and just be him and uh, see him as the king because you don't get to uh, do that very often. And I ended up keeping him in the king costume one way or another throughout most of the game. because uh, I thought I liked his original one and uh, then ended up like really liking him in this kingly role. So I kept him in that dress. Yeah, while while we're on the subject of outfits, yeah, uh, me too. It was the you're talking about the Sun Lord one where he's in like mm-hmm, the turquoise. The yeah, the, the turquoise the one. Yeah. When I got the yellow one, I ended up swapping to it. I can't remember the name of it, but I swapped to the yellow one uh, when I got it. The yellow one is the one I, I I used after I got it. It's called like the King of the World Tree, the World Tree's King. Something, yeah. So in in the original eleven those outfits like the sun god and the world tree king or whatever is is basically the same outfit Mm -hmm. and they did a lot of those on the ps4 but then when the switch came out they recolored the uh the the, like the second i guess edition of those outfits that you could unlock they they recolored them so they actually looked different which i liked because i really liked the turquoise one um and that's the one i used on ps4 for the longest time but then playing it on Switch, I went with the yellow one once I unlocked it. Yeah, it just looked a bit, I don't even know, fancier. It looked more detailed. It looked just better. Yeah. I also liked the, uh, the I think it's called the Sun God. It's like the yellow. Do you know the one I'm talking about? He has like a poofy little crown on and everything. Uh, Vaguely. There was a variant of that in the Switch one too, where they made it a different color. The original was red. I can't remember what the the new one was and then the switch one also had had a another exclusive for rab which was uh which looked like his his fighting it was called like the master's garb or something like that right grand master's garb and oh yeah i see the grand master the sun king and the grandest master was it grandest master is that what it was called yeah that's what it was called okay cool for some reason i thought it was called grand master's garb but anyway it uh like that one was was exclusive to the switch too 
I felt like Rab, out of all the characters, Rab kind of got shafted in the outfit department, especially on the PS4. Um, he had fewer than all the rest of the characters, and like he he only had like four, I think, on the PS4 version, and two of them looked identical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even still, he doesn't have the mo the widest the widest array of them. Yeah, there's not much variety. He just kind of looks like a king in a different color suit kind of thing. Yeah. And it is called Grandmaster's Garb. That is the um, the item's name, and then it is the Grandest Master as a set, is uh, what it's called under the equipment outfit thing. Okay, cool. Uh, that's where I got that from. Then that explains. Yeah, that. Y- y- you're not you're not crazy. <laughs> then uh, also, I wanted to mention uh, Jennifer Wood also said on Twitter that she loves the sections where he's in Angra La. Uh, it mm. really shows what he's capable of, and that's probably my favorite stuff with Rab in the entire game as well. It's just all the, the whole story that happens in Angry Law with rap. And I know we're going to do talk about more story stuff, like after the break and all, but, but I do want to say, yes, I agree. The Angry Law stuff is, is really great. Yeah, that was, I loved seeing, like, I think Rab is the most interesting in terms of backstory because I'm, I'm always interested in that kind of uh, uh, backstory, that hyperdiegetical narrative that you know exists, but you don't actually get to see. And I like that they went into just enough of it that you know Rab is fantastically awesome. And I like the Angry Law stuff because of that. Fantastically awesome and fantastically pervy because Angry Law you find out that not only does he like his magazines, but he also has a spanking fetish. <laughs> he does, and it is delightful. <laughs> so before we get into talking about Rab within the confines of the story and all that good stuff, uh, let's take it to the part of the show we like to call Shameless Self-Promotion. Shameless! Oh, that's cool. I like that one. Good, like, good, like Rab reference there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I did want to mention really quickly, I haven't announced this on the podcast yet. Uh, so I'm writing a Dragon Quest book. Yay! You know this. Um, lots of people know this already because I've been trying to interview people, uh, within the fandom. It really started out with me writing about just like how I felt about Dragon Quest and like that year I just played like every mainline game in like a year and stuff. Mm -hmm. Started out as that. And then at some point it became more about just like, the fandom in the West and just like the lengths people go to, to just love this series and have access to it in the West. Cause it's not yeah. the easiest series to have access to. And so I started asking people, uh, you know, for interviews and to write things for the book. And that went over really well. Um, and then, I, you know, I tried to like space it out. So, you know, you've got your, your super fans your collectors, your YouTubers, streamers, you know, all that good stuff, podcasters, people from just all over. Um, that I've interviewed for this. And then over the weekend, I posted up on my blog, dragonquestaustin.com, that I wanted other people to share their stories if they wanted to get them maybe into the book. Space reasons, I, I can't get them all into the book, but I wanted to put as many as I can into the book. So I invited people to share those with me. So now, in case you you know, haven't seen me tweet this out or been on Facebook or whatever, been on my site, uh, I just want to put that out there on here as well, that if you have a cool Dragon Quest story, uh, then share it with me. Uh, you can send that to dragonquestaustin at gmail.com. I set up a whole email just so people could send their stuff there. And it's dragonquestaustin at gmail.com. Uh, I have been like pleasantly overwhelmed <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the response I've gotten. 
Uh, so uh, I, I've told people I'm going to be going through these emails for the next couple of weeks. So like May 10th is probably around the deadline for it. So anytime between then, if you, if you send it in, it, it has a chance to make it in. Right now, I'm just reading them all because I did get way more than I expected. I know I was talking with you about that. <laughs> like it was, it was insane. Like I actually missed a text message that you sent me early on during the day. And uh, I thought like, I didn't, I had to go back and look at the time that you had sent it. Cause I thought it was new. And uh, the number that you had told me was at like 9am and I didn't see it until like 7pm or something. And it was like, Oh my, I can't even imagine how many you have now. Like it was dozens and dozens, even at 9am. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, and like I told you, I expected like maybe a dozen people to get back to me and I've gotten probably over a hundred now. Right. Okay. I haven't, I haven't, they're still coming in. Uh, Like we're recording this on a Wednesday and they're still coming in. That makes me really happy. Yeah. So if you've sent something and you're listening to this, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. But because I was expecting to read like 12 and (laughs) now there's like, at least like conservatively, there's a hundred of them. And so um, it's just taken me a while. I'm trying to at least respond uh, to people and just say thanks, just so they know I got the email and I appreciate it. Right. But I'm trying to, you know, just read them at this point. And then I've got my wife helping me because there's so many of them to kind of help me divide them up. And okay, this is what's going to make it into the book. These are and then maybe go from there if we have to save more space kind of thing. Right. I was actually about to say, like, point out that you conscripted your wife to this and uh, had to bribe her somehow to get her to do it. Yeah. Well, I, she was basically just like, hey, uh, when we when we're able to get out of the house again, just like take me to the movies or something. So that's like, right. Uh, I'm like, that's cool. That's a that's a win win for me. <laughs> that is that is absolutely a win win. Anyway, but don't let th- that discourage you from sharing your story if you haven't already. Like, by all means, send it. I would love to read it uh, and, and it could make it in. Uh, I've really enjoyed the story so far, and it's really cool getting to see how Dragon Quest has impacted people's life, like people sharing stories about, you know, like losing their house to natural disasters and like coming out to their parents, like getting over like a breakup, a death in the family, just like all this incredibly personal stuff that they're willing to share. That makes me feel like I know these people now. It makes me feel like more kinship, I guess, with people within the to people within the fandom. Yeah, I mean, this fandom has always blown me away from the, I mean, we've been doing this, I think, over a year now, and we have absolutely, or maybe right at a year, and like, welcomed immediately, just very open and very welcoming, and this has just proven that over again. Yeah, and it's it's been a, it's been really fun, too, because some of the people that I've asked to, to write stuff for the book are people that I know, but like I've never just sat down and heard like their Dragon Quest stories of maybe like how they got into the series or why it's so personal to them. And right. so it was, re- it was really cool getting to read some of that stuff by people like like Sack Chief and like Matt, uh, who co-hosts uh, Slime Time podcast, right? And uh, like Wudis, uh, the founder of the Dragon's Den, uh, just to name a few people there. So it was really cool getting to read their stories and kind of get to know them better and see why it's so personal to them and and why they love it, how they got into it, that kind of thing. And so I'm hoping I've been interested in it. It's the kind of book I would like to read. uh, So I'm hoping other people uh, would like to read it as well. So, so yeah, just remember you can email your story to uh, dragonquestaustin at gmail.com and please specify how you want it to be credited. I put on the site as well that, you know, let me know if you want full name, first name only, like a username you go by, if you want like a mixture, if you want to be anonymous, 
however you want to be credited, just make sure you let me know, specify that so that I can, you know, put it in the book. That's awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to read this. This is a little off subject, but I actually bought the Legend of Dragon Quest book. Yeah. Um, because I'd never gotten around to reading it. And I ordered it the other day because I was like, oh, crap. What if my book is too much like this book? Right. Exactly. That's understandable. And and I never read it. And I was like, I don't want to be the guy that releases Deep Impact like right after <laughs> Armageddon. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't. Yep. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's a good analogy. Thanks. Uh huh. So I so I got, I got the book in uh, yesterday, maybe today. I don't know. You know how the days are. They blur together. Yep, they are. Uh, anyway, I'm not very far into it. And it's so far, at least, unless it just t- takes a complete like 180, um, it's nothing like my book. Like it's very much a like almost like a textbook kind of like narrative and stuff. A lot of his stuff are quotes pulled from like uh, news articles and things. Yeah, about the game series and the developers, right? Yeah, and and he's not even, so much the community. Yeah, and he's even said Daniel Andreev is the is the author's name, and he's even said like, hey, I'm not trying to put too much of my own personal like opinions into this yeah uh, which is good for me because my book is just all personal opinions. that's true yours it, is more of a honestly more of a memoir a uh a fandom memoir of uh going through the narrative and how it brought you around yeah it's like a charles bukowski novel but with like way fewer prostitutes and vagrants <laughs> dollar <So> dollar <laughs> <the> dollar <laughs> But it's true. <laughs> it's that's a, that's another that's another dollar. But it is true. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Bukowski, he was a dirty old man. So speaking of dirty old men, uh, let's get back into Rab. How was that for a segue? That's a that's a good one. Yeah, it's... thanks. Uh, I have been sharing the uh, Famitsu popularity poll that they ran a while back. Yep. Today we got to talk about Rab because he was a part of that poll. You know, being a playable character. Of course. And. I was shocked, absolutely shocked, that he was the least popular character in the game. Wow. Like below Serena. Yes, below Serena. Yeah, he was, he was eighth. That That is kind of shocking. Yeah, because, I mean, again, we've talked about this in other episodes. Like, I don't know who I would put in last place, but I don't think it would be Rab. I mean, I really enjoy Rab. Oh, the more I think about it, like we talked about this and we've gone through it, I think Eric might be in last place. Oh, wow. That I like him, but looking at everybody else, I'm thinking Eric might be at the bottom because I can't think Rab being at the very bottom. Yeah. I, I don't know who I would put at the bottom, but it would not be Rab. And so I was kind of, and this was, this was in Japan. Uh, so I'm not right. sure if maybe... If it's a translation thing, if maybe Rab, there there are diff, some major differences in in the translation of how the characters mm-hmm. talk and everything. Um, like one of the things I failed to mention last week with uh, Silvando is you know it's Sylvia in the in the Japanese version. Oh, and okay. they use they use like feminine uh, like feminine words and stuff when he's talking. Oh, okay. So he reads differently in Japanese than he does in English. Yes. So he's still so he's still very flamboyant, but he's much but he reads like feminine more than he does in the in the English huh. version. So with Rab, I'm not sure if it's the same kind of thing, if it's like the it didn't translate as well over here and like American audiences are like ha 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 pervy old man, woo. Yeah. Um or if or, or what the disconnect was, or if it's just the same character and Japanese audiences just didn't respond to him as well. 
That really surprises me, though. You're right. Um, I'm I'm just flabbergasted. Or am I rabbergasted? Oh my gosh, rabbergasted. I'll put a dollar in now, too. Good lord. (laughs) (laughs) So, and it could just be, you know, kind of the way different things impact society. You know, Eric became like a huge, like, homoerotic sex symbol in Japan. Mm -hmm. And then that sense is translated to other countries. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, who, who would have expected that? You know what I'm saying? Like right. there, there's cultural things to take in for people for why somebody might love a character. And maybe it's just that, you know, Rab never. Rab just didn't click. Yeah. I mean, and, and part of it too could just be that kind of that dirty old man archetype is in so much stuff already, especially yeah. in like JRPGs, anime, manga, things like that. Yeah, I mean, like as soon as I saw him love the love the dirty magazines, it was like, oh, this is Master Roshi immediately. And I mean, he's what, 40 years old? Like he's older than that. But like the character when he was introduced uh, like 40 years ago, almost. So, I mean, yeah, it's a definitely a an existing archetype that people may just be used to. Yeah. I just want you to know that you referring to the 1980s as almost four years ago just put me in an existential crisis. Yeah, I know, dude, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like I uh, just started sweating. I just yeah, broke like, out of the sweat. I was like, oh my God. 1980 is 40 years ago. Yeah, and so. to me, 1980 is always just going to be like 15 years ago. Or like yeah, it's, it's, it's like 15 or 20 years in my mind, yeah. but it's uh, that, that's why I'm going to die thinking I'm like 17 and be like uh, 70. Yeah, so I'm going to go puke, and when we come back, <laughs> get back, we'll record this. Oh my gosh, so that's crazy to think about. But, but you know, and the same thing for uh, Yannick in, uh, in The Legend of the Hero Abel in the anime series. He was a dirty old man, even though even though in the series they call him this old man and he's definitely pervy, but he's only supposed to be like 36, even though he looks like he's 60. Dude, I'm 37 and I am decrepit. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you like they are right. He is a an old man. Anyway, maybe that's part of it is just that like his character maybe was just a bit too familiar. Maybe so. Because the others do play on their play on their characters a little bit more uh, uniquely, I suppose, as opposed to the you know dirty old man who's also a king who can be a king. I mean, they they do more unique things with the other characters. Yeah, and, and another part of it could be too is that his design he looks more like a Dragon Quest character than the like the others look like Dragon Quest characters, but their designs look somewhat unique for the most part, and Rab just kind of, he has that, uh, like, merchant NPC look, uh, like, kind of... Very Tornico. Like, Tornico, yeah, exactly. Like, he's just got, he's got some of these other aspects that you've already seen in other Dragon Quest games. I mean, the others kind of do, too, to certain extents, you know? Like, Serena, especially with short hair, looks a lot Mm -hmm. like Bianca. You have Eric, who looks a lot like the hero from, from Six. And so, so you do have those kind of things. Um, you have the luminary who looks like Sean from Boy Meets World. <laughs> um, it's the hair, right? It is. It is absolutely the hair. That is like one of my few things that I dislike about him. Like in the way he looks is I do not like his hair and I never have. Oh man, I love his pretty boy 90s hair. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Maybe it's because I grew up in the 90s. But maybe it's because you love Boy Meets World so much, dude. I, I do love Boy Meets World. It was like my favorite show when I was like eight, 
teen and preteen. TGIF, man. TGIF. It's true. So anyway, I don't know. Whatever the reason, Rab made it last year. Uh, So let's talk about him a little bit uh, within the story. So when you first meet him, kind of like you mentioned earlier, you're in Octagonia. Uh, There's this big MMA fighting contest. And you, the Luminary, are teamed up with Vince, um, who is kind of almost a stereotypical, like, like airhead, like, oh, mm-hmm. bra kind of like character. And you have, you do have to fight them. You have to fight Jade and Rab. And you know something mysterious is happening with them already. If you've seen the cover of the game, you know they're main characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But just in case you were flying blind in this game, you should know something is up with them already because of the way they're introduced and everything. So you fight them, you beat them, you take over the winner, and the, you take the trophy, and then Jade goes missing. Rab shows up, and he's like, help me. And you have to go help him find Jade because good old Vince is taking other fighters to his spider friend (laughs) in order for super strength. And I have to say, like, I am still upset that Vince is not one of the party members. He might be my favorite NPC in the entire game. And I just loved him. I love the way that he looks, the way that he talks. I actually really like the voice actor. And I was actually sad when he didn't become a part of the party. Uh, I always loved being able to go back to town and uh, interacting with him, especially in the post game. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sad. Like, I wish he was a, a character that I could play with more. Yeah, I, I liked Vince a lot, too. I don't know that he was my favorite, like... NPC that was kind of like a main character too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know that he was my favorite, but I haven't had time to really sit and think about it. But now that you mention it, I'm like, you know, Vince is pretty likable. And I really like Octagonia. Like that's one of my favorite just in terms, not mm. the design, the design of that town is really boring to me, but the just the, in terms of the story that's happening, the casino that's there, just all of this stuff. Like the I, ridiculous vibe that it has. Yeah. I, re- I really like uh, that city a lot. And, you know, Vince, he's one of those, like, I don't know how to say it, but Dragon Quest, they have these characters that are, like, cliches, but are also, like, are multifaceted. And Vince is a good, like, illustration of that because you've got this guy, he's really muscly, he kind of talks like he's a dummy, he kind of looks like a dummy. Yeah, he talks and looks kind of like a a meathead, like, he he doesn't even have eyes, he has the little, (laughs) the, the, like... The, the like stoner like slits for eyes are like hey yeah hey dude where's my car <laughs> yeah exactly yeah he has all these kids at the orphanage who like rely on him to like win and bring money back so that they can eat food and everything and they love him yeah like and i say all this because when i got rab and as much as i like rab and jade i was sad that it wasn't vince that he was the bad guy of that area rather than being someone who would continue with me. And like, I like Rab, like I said, but wanted it to be Vince. Yeah. I actually was a good guy. I actually thought Vince was going to die. So the fact that Vince just lived beyond the, that, that, like those few scenes, I was like, Oh, that was surprising to me. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about it, but yeah, it would make sense for him too. Yeah. Uh, so not too long after Rab uh, joins up with you and everything, you actually find out that not only is he your grandpa, uh, but he's also, he was once the king of Dundrasil. That is, you're the prince of Dundrasil. He was once the king of Dundrasil. Dundrasil is now in ruins. 
And by luck, fate, whatever you want to call it, now your wheel grandpa has <laughs> has found you. And it's I I both love this kind of thing in these games and hate it because it is always so convenient. For him to be your grandpa? Yeah, for him to be your grandpa. It's just always so convenient whenever this kind of uh, happenstance uh, chance meeting happens. It's like, really? Come on, you could do a little bit better than that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's your grandpa. I'm glad. Yeah, I don't know. To me, that's one of those things that just like I see in I see in video games so much. Like I didn't even necessarily blink at it because uh, I'm just like, yeah, that's how you run into your party members, you know? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's just one of the conventions of the genre. And at the time, Rab, I mean, he's not even looking for you. It's not like it's not like Eric serena and veronica where you bump into them because they're hunting you down rab like isn't looking for you i mean he thinks everybody's dead right yeah he's just doing his thing he is uh he's not sitting in a jail cell because somebody told him to hang out for a while yeah he's he's he is not doing that he's hunting uh mortigan he's after he's after the big bad guy which is kind of i guess a way to bridge the stuff that's going on with the luminary to the bigger picture here, that there's this big villain that is the yeah. source of all evil. I have to say, uh, I like him as your, as your grandpa. And I really like those kind of like softer moments between Rab and the luminary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In terms of just being interesting, it's maybe not as interesting as like having a rat in your pocket for like 40 hours and then finding out that that's <laughs> your grandpa. Right. Uh, but it is, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that you get to like, you know, do this kind of stuff. And like we said earlier, and like reason so many people said they love him, it, he's this dirty old man. So he, he keeps those Oglers digests in pristine condition uh, with him. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the game. It's when you're leaving Sniffleheim and he's giving this like speech that's all meant to encourage you and get everybody pumped up about how you're going to go out into the world and then this just like dirty magazine falls out from, <laughs> from his shirt. Yeah. And that's that's one of the game's funnier moments, I think. Yep, where it just, uh, it, it reminds me of the moment in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer where she's giving this, uh, we have to save the world, it's up to us uh, speech. And the camera pans out and she's like, I guess that probably would have had more impact if I wasn't wearing my yummy sushi pajamas. And it's like just something to cut that seriousness with uh, humor before it gets uh, to taking itself too seriously. Yeah. And that's what's great about Dragon Quest is that it takes itself seriously, but not over dramatically seriously. It always breaks it somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So Act 2, Rab, he's missing. He is the second person to rejoin your party uh, along the way. You and Hendrick team up first, and then you go and find Rab. And when you find him, he is a scrawny little guy. He mm-hmm. is, um, he is has been meditating for a really long time to the point that he's lost all this weight. He's literally just like ribs and like a tiny little stomach going down to his waist. You have to go in and you find out that he's been meditating all this time because he is conversing i guess with his old master master Ping, in a in another like universe kind of thing right and master Ping, up until this point i don't know about you but in my mind master Ping, when i pictured them was like that stereotypical you know like 
master, right? Yeah, like, like absolutely. I pic- like I picture something between like Mr. Miyagi from Karate Kid and you know Hyan from uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> oh no. He's like one of the main characters in Stormblood, something like that, where it's like a little bit between like a karate master and like a samurai warrior. Yeah. And so that's who I was picturing Master Pang to be. And instead, it's like this beautiful woman. Yeah. Who Rab has like a weird master apprentice relationship with, Mm -hmm. but also kind of like a weird flirty like relationship with. Like an inappropriate flirty relationship. It's inappropriate (laughs) and, and really awesome at the same time. Yeah. Like she doesn't, she seems, it seems endearing to her, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she's not having it. Nope. And, and what I like about that too, is that she has this thing called the naughty stick. She it's a does. stick with like, with, it's a wooden stick and the top of it is like five fingers. It's like a hand mm-hmm. yep. and Rab really likes it. You even find out if you, <laughs> if you talk to NPCs, there in anger law. One of the NPCs, it's one of my favorite things in the game. One of the NPCs tells you that when Rab was a kid, he would get in trouble on purpose because he wanted Master Pang to spank him. Mm-hmm. With the naughty stick. <laughs> um, so all of that, I, I really enjoyed. I also really like that you can get the naughty stick as a weapon later on. Can you? I don't think I ever did that. No. I know you didn't because you never did the Wheel of Harma that I've been trying I to didn't. get. I've been trying to That's get true. you to do Wheel of Harma forever. You get so many good things from the Wheel of Harma. Yeah, right, I did not. Yeah, you get the you get the naughty stick. It's a wand, I guess, technically. Is what <laughs> is what the naughty stick is. Uh so you can get the naughty stick. And then um in act 3, after the first set of credits roll, I would say Rab goes through the least amount of character development of any character in the game. Yeah. And and I think part of that is his age. He's already an old man. He's kind of set in his ways. He doesn't necessarily have character development so much as that he like he, he gets more powerful. I mean, that's what his whole side story in Act 2 is about, is learning Pearly Gates, I think, is the mm-hmm. move that you learn with Master Pang and all. So, like, that's, like, kind of his arc, is just learning this really good move where he doesn't get really go through much character development. So in Act 3, like, with Rab, at least, I don't really feel like I lost very much. Right. There's not enough that happened to him in Act 2 where anything's different, really, in Act 3. Okay. You know, like, yeah. when, like when Act 3 starts up and you go back in time and reset everything... It's like you lose you lose a lot of the stuff with Eric and Mia and, and Amnesia. You lose, you know, Veronica being dead and Serena becoming this all-powerful sage. Right. You lose Jade, you know, being uh, like possessed or whatever it is by Booga. <laughs> you like, you lose the happy parade that happened with Silvando. I right. mean, you lose a lot of stuff from the other characters, but with Rab, it's just kind of like, huh. Yeah, that's... And, and, I mean, you even go back to Angra Law and see Master Pang, and she's, you know, there, and you're talking to him and stuff. So it's like you don't really you don't really lose anything with Rab. He's probably the only one you can say that about. I do hate it that you don't get to stick around with Skinny Rab, that he immediately turns back, uh, like, to being kind of pudgy round Rab after all of that, that he uh, you don't get to run around. I was hoping that his model would stay like that whenever you were going around and i love their excuse for it is when he's just like oh i just ate some sandwiches or whatever yeah. he does. i mean that's his excuse it's like he hasn't eaten and now he's just he's he's eating a good meal so now he's just back to normal <laughs> yep 
And uh, it's kind of the same thing in Parks and Rec when uh, Chris Pratt got cast for Jurassic Park. He lost all of his weight. Uh, or no, it wasn't Jurassic Park. It was for Star-Lord and Guardians of the Galaxy. He lost all of his weight and he lost... Uh, he just talked about like stopping, like he started drinking a bunch of water or something over the break, <laughs> over the hiatus, over the summer. And uh, it was just accounted for in the show as being something totally ridiculous. Like, oh yeah, I cut out, I cut out soda. Yeah. And just where he became ripped. Yeah. Say some sandwiches. I thought, I thought Rab, honestly, of all the characters, I thought Rab was dead. Like whenever you go and see Rab and you go into that world and learn Pearly Gates and all that. Yeah. Like I thought I thought Rab, I mean it makes you think Rab is dead and I thought Rab was going to be the character that dies. I didn't know that any character was going to die. Just the way they present that whole thing in act 2. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, Rab, Rab is dead." Yeah. But, like, you know, he he is the oldest party member, but I just and it also kind of seemed natural because now that you have Hendrick in the party, it's like you have Hendrick to replace a character. So Right. So I was like, "Okay, yeah, Hendrick is there now, so so Rab Rab is dead. That's kind of how they're setting the tone. This is the first of your old friends you go to find, and he's going to be dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was very thankful that he wasn't dead, but um, but yeah, I totally thought he was going to be dead there. Yeah, I I did too. Especially when you find him being emaciated, it's like, yep, Rab is dead. Yeah. So I think that about does it for today's episode on Rab. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, don't forget to check out our Patreon page. That is at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. If you want to talk to us directly, you can find us on Twitter at dragonquestfm. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragonquestfm. If you want to talk to me personally, uh, my Twitter handle is at dragonquestin. And you can check out my site, which is dragonquestaustin.com. And I'm on Twitter as that Professor Beege. Uh, you can listen to me more on the Geek to Geek podcast, which comes out every Wednesday night at 7, uh, 7 Central. And you can read even more of the stuff on our media network at geek2geekmedia.com and join us in Slack and Discord and uh, talk about Dragon Quest and all sorts of other awesome stuff at slack.geek2geekmedia.com and discord.geek2geekmedia.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.